Good morning once again. I love that bumper because it, the video, especially that last guy in the cubicle, because when I was working before I got to go to seminary, that, with all that stuff in there, that was me. That, I, I totally identified with that. Well, last week, Pastor Tom began our series entitled Summer Baggage, and we all carry some stuff, some of it good stuff and some of it not such good stuff. So today we'll be continuing to talk about the stuff we carry, this time in the form of unfulfilled expectations. So as we begin, please take out your pew Bibles or the Bible app on your phone if you're using that nowadays. Our scripture will be in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Of course, if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible right in front of you on the pew. And if you don't own a Bible, please take that Bible home and make it yours because we, ho we really hope that you will take the time to spend time in Scripture every single day. Our Scripture again is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his full attention, expecting to get something from him, them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, he began to walk, and he then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man he used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day in which we can come and know you're here with us, that you hear our prayers, and that you express your love to us in so many ways. Today with the rain, for example. Lord, we pray for those that aren't here and that you might be with them and meet their needs. And we pray for Pastor Tom and his family as he's not here. And we just thank you for your never-ending love for us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thought it was going to be this way, and it's not. I thought that was going to happen. And it didn't. 
This is where I was supposed to be, but I'm not there. I've always wanted to travel to Europe, but I've never gotten to go. All of us have ideas about what we want and what should happen in the future and what should have happened in the past, don't we? And we have a lot of expectations, especially when you get my age. Expectations are the strong belief that something will happen or something will be the case in the future. One expect, our expectations change as we go through life, but we all have them. And you might think of them differently, perhaps as hopes and dreams. Well, we have a lot of hopes and dreams, lots of them. And we, as we're talking about summer baggage, it might be helpful to think of all the hopes and dreams be carried around, being carried around in a hopes and dreams box. I don't know about you, but mine needs to be a pretty big box. Mine might even need to be the hopes and dreams trailer. Because there are a lot of things that need to fit in that box. Here are some of the hopes and dreams that might be in your box. Do you have any hopes and dreams like these? The first one, money. We all have hopes and dreams surrounding money, right? Don't we all wish to never have to worry about money? Don't you always want to have enough? And how do we know when we have enough money? Of course, we want more than just enough for food, clothes, and shelter. Speaking of shelter, that brings us to home, our home. For most of us, a home is the single largest investment we'll ever make if we are privileged enough to buy one. And why not? Home is where we live. They say home is where the heart is. So we're thinking about having it on the lake, aren't we? Right? Going along with that, the three-car garage in our home, oh, did I forget to mention that part? We must have something to put in that garage, vehicles, okay? Our vehicles are very important to us, aren't they? We live in Wisconsin, so snowmobiles are certainly on the list. And certainly a nice-looking car. I mean cars, plural. And maybe even a motorcycle. And, oh, and a boat. Because we live on the lake. We're going to live on the lake after all, right? Now, I have to confess that this category, vehicles, is not really a very big deal for me. I am perfectly content to have a reliable car that gets me from point A to point B. Say, from Sheboygan Falls to Elkhorn and back home with maybe one or two trips or stops at Quick Trip, okay? But that said, when the Ford Motor Company came out with their new Mustang in 1965. They introduced it on my birthday. So isn't it just right that I should have one? That's in my hopes and dream box too. Relationships, sometimes marriage falls into this. Our relationships are also in the hopes and dream box. And we want them 
to work just like we want our cars to work. We don't want to have to work on them. They should just work, right? Marriages, if you have one, should be easy. It should look like your parents' marriage. Or where maybe it should never look like your parents' marriage. One of those, okay? Some, for some, going back to the car analogy, we're always hearing rattles in our relationship, right? Okay? I asked my wife if she hears anything. She says, no, just turn up the radio, okay? And if it's not broken, why worry? And if it's not broken, do we really need to talk about it? If you are in a relationship, marriage especially, but this is true of any relationship, we take that hopes and dream box and we hand it to the person we're with and we say, now get this for me. Any chance of those expectations going unfulfilled when you hand that? Children. Children's in here too, but this is a, this is a sensitive one. We all have ideas about children. Some want children, some don't want children, but this gets to be a very personal thing because often the hopes and dreams that we might have had about children, same with marriage, might not have turned out the way that we had hoped and dreamt. And so consequently, that disconnect can be rather painful. Schedules. You want plenty of time to do what you want to do, right? We've all got hopes and dreams on what fish, paint, read, sip wine on the dock and watch the sunset. Uh, we're at the lake. We already said that. And of course, we want jobs that won't interfere with any of this. Mark and I were talking about when we want to work. You know, people want to work. We don't want our jobs to have to interfere with our hopes and dreams about what we're we're doing, and we want to earn enough that it pays for it all, right? Calendars get to be a problem. It's okay if you have your own, but if you have to work with other people, especially in-laws, exes, and holidays, I don't really need to dwell on that, do I? This can become especially dicey if children or grandchildren have to be shared. Many of us live, on, live this one and have very different ideas about how things ought to be. Travel? Oh, I skipped appearances. It's not even in my notes. That's, that's one of the most important ones, isn't it? Okay, Mary and I like to watch a, a British TV show called Keeping Up Appearances. And it's really fun because... For example, their last name is Bucket, B-U-C-K-E-T. But because of appearances, they would prefer that everybody call it Bouquet. But as far as appearances go, <clears throat> who are the Joneses and why do we have to keep up with them anyway? Travel. How many of you like to travel? Any hands? Like to travel? How many of you like to stay home? Okay. How many of you have to accommodate somebody with different views on this than you have? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a homebody kind of guy, and we live on four acres surrounded by pine trees, so we already kind of live in a state park. 
Why do we have to go to another one? But Mary loves to travel, so we just bought a, 12, a used 12-passenger van that we're decking out to be a camper. And we'll be on the road soon. Finally, conflict. This one's interesting because some people yell it out when they're having conflict. And other people think that yelling is harmful and insensitive and hurtful. And others never address the problems. So they just sweep the problems under the rugs. And there's a lot of hurt and feelings, anger running just below the surface. We all have a lot of expectations. And your hopes and dreams box is probably really, really full, just like mine is. And we carry that box around with us everywhere we go. Every time we encounter somebody, we're holding that box. By the way, I was going to bring one, bring my hope and dream box, but I couldn't get it in the building. I couldn't get it in my car. It needs to be the trailer, like I said. And every relationship we have is filtered through the contents of that box. The fulfillment you receive in every relationship you have is filtered through all your hopes and dreams that you're carrying around in your hopes and dreams box. Now, we've already talked about several of the hopes and dreams that you carry in your box, but there's one that's more important than any of the others, and that is the expectation about how we will be treated, isn't it? Some of in this room or watching online are dealing with major relational letdowns. You've had some serious expectations that weren't met along the way, and they've shaped you. Some of you have grown up in homes where the expectations weren't met. You grew up expecting to be safe, and yet it wasn't. The people you trusted most have let you down. Compared with how we hope to be treated, the other hopes and dreams that we may carry in our box hardly matter. Each one of us wants to love and be loved by somebody else. And we want to be treated with love and respect. We want to be treated as their number one, their pride and joy. We want to feel safe and not only safe, but treasured and honored. So we do have a lot of expectations, don't we? We do have a lot of hopes and dreams, right? Those expectations, those hopes and dreams come out of what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced. Our hopes and dreams come from families we grew up in, the life experiences we've accumulated, and the relationships we've engaged in. Those experience can, experiences can be positive or negative, and we've all had a mix of both. So what our hopes and dreams really are, are a reflection of what we're trying to avoid that hurt, in, in, that hurt or was painful in the past, and to recreate what we love about the past. In the scripture we read, we met a, excuse me, a lame man who had expectations. Expectations that went unfulfilled. 
He begged every day outside the temple gates, and then he met Peter and John. We read, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. That was his expectation. Peter looked down straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. Clearly, there's no money. So the man gave him, them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he held them up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. The man, lame man's original expectations went unmet, and yet the apostles were, giving, were able to give him something even better. The truth for all this, for all of us, is that reality never lives up to our expectations. Yet deep inside, we know that things should be better. We know we should be better people, we should be better to others, and things should be better for us. We have a lot of should-haves, could-haves, ought-tos, would-haves. I like to call them shoulda, woulda, couldas. And we know this because the Holy Spirit lives within us and testifies to the truth. He knows about how God's creation was meant to be. Jesus tells us, that the Father will send us an advocate. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of tr truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Well, the Holy Spirit helps us know that there's, God had a perfection in mind when he created, but we live in a broken world, a world not resembling the perfection that God intended. We endure terrible disappointment, don't we? Hurt, pain, injustice, and evil all because we're broken people living in a world filled with sin. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. These are a couple of my favorite verses. They tell us clearly what the problem is. We're all broken by sin. And then we're given hope right away. God has sent his son, Jesus, to redeem and heal us. And that's the promise. We all have disappointments. We all carry around our summer baggage filled with hopes and dreams and unfulfilled expectations. We've talked about some of them, some of them rather painfully. But God intervenes for us just as Peter and John intervened for the lame man. And God binds up our woundedness and brokenness with love 
and forgiveness and healing that only he can give. Most of us already know John 3.16, the, the first part of the verse, of these verses. But it's even better if we keep reading. For God so loved the world. For God loved you, is what that really means. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send us send his son into the world to condemn the world, in case you think that God is just a killjoy. He <clears throat> did not send his son in to, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Whatever unfulfilled expectations you're carrying around in your summer baggage, you will find love, healing, hope, and forgiveness in Jesus Christ who loves you beyond your imagination. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, that that you're with us, that despite of despite our expectations, that you still give us joy, still give us love, heal our hurts, and guard our hearts. And we thank you. For your son, Jesus. Amen.